podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Then, Now and the Next Game here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. On this show, we review the last match from then, round up all things Rangers from now and end on previewing the next game, which is against Ross County at Ibrox on Saturday. I am your host, Scott Carney, and joining me as always is Ali Pearson. Good day, Ali. How are we doing? It's another quiet start to the week again, isn't it? <laughs> Not half, mate. Yeah, there's a... A lot of stuff to get into um, today, so, but in terms of that, what have you been doing, mate? I know you're furloughed and that, and now you managing to pass the time. Yeah, well, what the furlough's kind of changed this time compared to March, so you can work part-time. You don't need to be furloughed for three weeks at a time, so I'm kind of working part-time. And so I was working this morning and then did a, a walk for about a thousandth time, and God knows how long, <laughs> got a coffee. Same written uh, that, aye. Uh, no, no yeah. I just say, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for you, mate. I just say, I'm um, fortunate and unfortunate. I look at it as being, um, I've not been followed at all. I've um, been working home from March, can I say, can fully do my job, really, just using a computer. So, um, yeah, just normal working away, mate. Usual stuff, every day's becoming the same, nothing really seems to change. But anyway, we are here to talk about Rangers, and before we get into it, um, this is a Rangers podcast, I fully understand it's a Rangers podcast, we are Rangers fans, um, but in these unpresented times that we're living in, it would be remiss of us not to continue to discuss the Shark Circus. Um, it's not something we're planning to do forever, but right now the, the calamity and the absolute content gold that our neighbours across the city are providing us with, I feel it would we would not be doing our kind of job right if we were not going to spend a bit of time pointing and laughing again. So just another wee disclaimer that during our now part of this show, we will be talking about them. I feel like I need to get that in there, mate, now because of the way things are going. I feel like I have to say, look, by the way, we're going to talk about them. We're not always going to talk about them. Um, but I mean, some people don't like when you talk about them. and I, I don't like talking about them, but it's current, everyone else is talking about it. It does kind of refer to us as well in terms of the season, so I think you need to talk about it. Plus, mate, it's lockdown and we wanted to cheer that wee bit, don't we? Do you know what I mean? So, and <laughs> it me up as well, mate. Every day it's just like, what the fuck? It's just brilliant to watch. Um, but again, that's, that is for the now part, um, so we'll start on the then. So Rangers dropped points on Sunday at Fur Park for only the third time this season in the league uh, with a 1-1 draw against Motherwell. Poor performance, really, from Rangers, but no ground gained, no ground lost, thanks to a certain result for Livingston. And it leaves Rangers at the time of recording, 21 points clear at the top of the day- table. Uh, Gerard on the game said... If you look at the possession, chances created and our second half performance, we maybe should have shaded it. But we have ourselves to blame for the outcome because we never came to the game until the, until half time. Our normal rival players, the front three and coming on from the sides, the quality wasn't good enough. I had to get into the players at half time. I was going to make a change at half time, but I thought I would give people a little bit more time. But then things weren't changing as quickly as I would have liked. So the game was crying out for a Cedric type player. He came on and did really well. So Ali, it, we're obviously we done our match reaction on Sunday after the game, and we managed to get thirty-five minutes of content out of that mate. And I've watched the game <laughs> back, and I still don't know how we get thirty-five minutes content out of that. But probably because um, we didn't win the game, but. 
Yeah, always a pleasure, never a chore, always all that talk, I suppose. Um, you can obviously go back and listen to that if you want to get a, a play-by-play um, of the match. Uh, but it's a few days on now, mate. Have your feelings kind of changed towards the match at all? No, really, to be honest. I mean, Gerard. He, most of the things Gerard says is what we all think, to be honest. He says the truth, Gerard. And yeah. I, I said it um, at the weekend there. I said, I thought Rangers strolled off that bus just expecting a talent win that game. And you can't do that against these teams. I mean, you said it. Motherwell have got their new manager in. He's got a he's got a bounce from them. They're playing slightly different. They're playing out from the back now. Motherwell. The pitch wasn't great. I mean, Gerard did say Motherwell emailed Rangers actually a few days before to say apologise about the pitch. Yeah, which they didn't, they didn't yeah. have to do that to be honest for Motherwell. But from fair play, we like to get the ball in the deck. But I think Rangers had. I'm sure I read Rangers had 41 crosses in that game. I mean, Motherwell were quite happy to give it to Tavon Barisic. And, I mean, we, there was really nothing from those crosses. There was the one for Barisic that we obviously got the goal from later on. But, no, nah, it was it, the first half was slow. And like Gerard says, if you start a game of football basically in the second half, you're climbing a mountain, especially with a, a goal of a start to Motherwell. And although we maybe deserved to win it on the possession of play, I don't think we did, to be honest. And we were always going to get this. We bumped somewhere. So I'm just hoping it gives us a wee kick up the arse for Saturday. Yeah, I hope so as well, mate. I would. I agree with pretty much everything that you said there. I think if you turn up to any game, really, in the SPFL, um, the way Rangers are playing just now, we're the target. Everybody wants to beat Rangers just now. And if you turn up like that in the first half, you kind of get what you deserve. As I say, it's not really... As I say, even watching the game back again, I was like, I think we were even worse than what I thought we were in the first half when I, we did a kind of immediate reaction after it, probably because of the, the kind of how dominant we were in the second half. Um, but we were so poor, it was just so kind of passive. It was not just not like Rangers at all, and it was a bit of a shock to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, fair play to Motherwell, as I say, they got their goal and they did resort to pretty much two banks of five. But again, we gave them that goal, and that's kind of what you would expect from them. So fair play to them for that. See, in terms of the kind of reaction from it, I mean, I seen mixed. I didn't see mixed. That's that's probably not true. I seen a lot of people not very happy immediately after it, being like, "Oh, we should really be winning games like that." And yeah, to a certain extent, we we kind of should be, but uh, we didn't react like that. Both of us, when we kind of spoke about it, we were both yeah. left kind of kind of flat emotionally. I suppose is the way you would kind of put it. We were kind of not really knowing if we should feel disappointed or we should be happy or whatever, but we're still unbeaten. You're still 21 points clear, as you said at the time of recording just now. So, and we're not worse, we're not worse off either. I mean, it would have been good to win off. I mean, if as a Rangers fan, you want to win every game. Of course, but, yeah, of course. And it would have been good because you would have went 14 points clear. I know we always talk about it in that terms because of their games in yeah. hand. It would have been good yeah. at that. But at the same time, when you look, if you put it in perspective, we're not any worse off. Celtic drop points as well. If you look at it from the beginning of the week, we're actually two points up in Celtic from the beginning of the week. So yeah. it's not a disaster. It's just people probably thought, like myself, the wee bump would come either Pataudry or Easter Road coming up. Not, yeah. not um, other wells ground at Fir Park. So yeah, it's, that is it's what it not, is. We just need to move on. Yeah, it's not a disaster or a oh. catastrophe, but we shall come to him. <laughs> we <laughs> shall come to him. Um, so, yeah, as I say, it was one of them kind of weird performances that kind of creeping in. And as you mentioned as well in the, the kind of post-match, mate, that um, this was coming. This, like, Rangers haven't been playing yeah. great. We've not been playing our flowing football. A lot of our players aren't on the boil just now. Um, the kind of quicker we get players like Jack, Roof, 
back fit, back fit, then um, all the better, really. Ange got Arfield, but it does look like he might be a wee bit longer. But yeah, it was just just a bit flat. Um, nothing, nothing I'm too concerned about, to be honest. It's just that wee bump, and as you said, hopefully they get the, the absolute boot up the arse now and think, all oh, right, we'll be we actually need to turn up to games to win. We can't you just. I mean, when you look at Rangers every time we've had a bump, we had a bump at Hibs. We went on a 15 game win and run in the league. I'll take, bump, that. I'll take that. I'll take that again. I'll take that as well. We had the, the bump at St Mirren. We went on and won every game. So they have responded well, Rangers, to these bumps. So, uh, yeah, I, I expect Rangers. I mean, we'll come on to Ross County, but I expect Rangers to come out and, yeah, really have a go on Saturday. Yeah, so as I say, the play-by-play that we've done is on in the archives. You can go back and check it out. Um, as I say, I'm still shocked. That we, I'm not really doing it much favours by saying that, but I'm still shocked that we get 35 minutes out of it when I watch the game back. But you can go back and check that out. So we'll move on to the the now. Um, following on from the weekend, Steve Davis making his 300th appearance for Rangers on Sunday. Um, there's a really good article on the Rangers official website um, just now titled 300 Not Out for Stephen Davis. Uh, it covers his career and includes comments from Gerard among others. Um, I'd urge you all to go and check it out. So I thought it was only right for us to pay tribute to the man um, on his, his latest milestone in his career, um, the, the Northern Ireland midfield maestro Steve Davis. So Ali, he's, he's 36 years old, 300 appearances for Rangers and it looks like there's kind of plenty of life left in the legs and the, the kind of football and brain. So, do you consider him a, a legend of our club? Yeah, I mean, he played 300 games. He would have played more for Rangers. I mean, if we didn't, if we didn't have our troubles in 2012, he would have played. He would have paid more, played sorry more games. He was one of the players that, when he went to Southampton, made sure Rangers get a fee for him when he went there. Then after do that, he could have went there and Rangers could have got nothing. But no, he made sure we got something. I don't think it was very much to be honest, but at least we got something. He's um, not. He's a good player, but he's he's a Rolls Royce for player Davis. I mean, you look at our side of the city and they harp on about Scott Brown, who's the same age as Davis. He's going way way down. He's going the opposite way. Davis to me is going the other way. The only thing with Davis is he's been playing because of the amount of injuries we've had recently. He's been playing every week. The only good thing is we've not had midweek games where you would probably be pull him out. So he's had that week's rest. We're going to be start be hitting midweek games now. So hopefully with Jack now back, we can start bring him in and out of the team. But no, he's, I mean he's a great player. And I, I mean we we drink down Paisley Road West, and um, there's a guy down there we know, Big Nick. He's a Southampton fan. He goes down to St Mary's all the time, and he told us about Steve Davis. He was what a player he was for Southampton down there. And they hold him dead high regard down there, but nice. No, I mean, he's a completely different player now, Davis, to when he was at Rangers at the beginning. He was more like an attacking midfielder in the first time he was at Rangers, but now he, he just sits and dictates a game. And it's, I mean, you've seen him against Celtic the second half. I mean, he tells players what to do, and he just pings balls about and he just calms a game down. See, when it gets a bit frantic for us, and you just want somebody to put a foot in the ball, a kind of Barry Ferguson type, just calm it right down. He's your man for you. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I, I love Steve Davis. I don't think we would be where we are just now um, in the league if it wasn't for him. Um, the, the games, as you say, that kind of get out of control right now. He's been he's been the man to get the, the ball in the middle of the park, tell players what to do and when to be there. And um, I don't think you make this. I mean, he's now the record, and he's the record. Um, 
Uh, for international games. Uh, for international yeah. teams, for, aye. Which, I mean, you don't get to that, mate, if you're not a special kind of player. And I think you can also see, as you see on that article as well, there's different quotes from different people, and Pochettino's on it as well, makes a comment on them. You don't have people like this making comments on you if you're not an absolute quality football player. As I said before, he's, a, he's not a shouty guy. He's not a guy that likes to have his voice be heard for everyone to hear, if that makes sense. He doesn't feel like he needs that presence for other people to praise him and they give him pass marks like Scott Brown. Do you know what I mean? So he's a, he's just a very classic player and he's good to watch. Um, it's a, he's definitely a legend um, for me. I've always liked him. Um, he scored against them as well and he's about to make history again um, this season. So I think he will go down as a kind of legend of our club. But I would go on and check out that... Um, uh, that article is really good to read, and you get kind of covers how much he's achieved in his career. Um, it really is quite, it's quite incredible. It's like over, over, over eight hundred club appearances as well, or something. It's mental. Would you get? Would you give him another year next year? Definitely, yeah. Because I think, yeah. I mean, if 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 you're going based on age, the way that we've managed Defoe this year, I mean, Defoe's only started three or four games, I think, no more yeah. than that. So. I think Steve Davis could play a lot more than that next year. Um, and I think yeah. he could be, especially, I mean, I know he's, again, you keep, we keep talking about his age and stuff. And these de- these games, the way they fell, only been one a week just now, has definitely helped him. There's no doubt about it. I think if we were playing Wednesday, Saturday, I think Zungu would have been coming into the, the game um, a yeah. lot more, which is probably a wee bit of a shame for, for Zungu, to be honest. But if I had to pick between Davis and Zungu, I was only one choice in that for me. Yeah. Would you, give, would you give him another year? Yeah, I did. No, I definitely would. I mean, we all had the fear when he first came in with the foe, and he just we thought, oh no, what's this? What's yeah. Stephen Davis have we got? But he hadn't played for Southampton for ages, and he got up to speed and he's kicked on. But no, I definitely give him another year. But I mean, footballers. I mean, you think thirty six. I mean, years ago you'd think oh, that's quite old. But the way football is now with sports scientists and stuff, and they tell you how to train, when to train. I mean, I was watching Leicester last night. Jamie Vardy's thirty four. I know, I know. He's 34, Jamie Vardy, and he's he doesn't look any different. So, and he's still, he's still been linked with Man United, still been linked yeah. with Arsenal and whatever else. So, yeah, yeah no, so you're 100%. If, if you look after yourself, and like you say, the, the, the sports scientists tell you what to do. I mean, Stephen Davis's training load will be nothing compared to the younger guys at Rangers. He'll probably, he'll know what to do. I mean, he's that, he's 36, he knows what to do, he knows what his body's like. Same with the four. so, no, he could play a, a couple of more seasons and, we will need to look for a replacement for Steve Davis. I think Zungu came in as the possible, a possible replacement. It's hard to judge Zungu at the moment, but if I had to pick Zungu, yes or no, now, it would be a no from me, sorry. But that's yeah, maybe I, been slightly harsh on him. Yeah, again, it's hard, mate. I know it's, it seems to... I say if you're a gun to your head and you're getting asked, would you keep him or not? It's, it's hard because he's not really had the chance, I don't think... As you we've said on post matches as well, he's came on a couple of times and straight away he's made up an ass yeah. or something quite quickly, and you're like, gives you the kind of fear and it kind of blurs your vision of him, I suppose. But I mean, he's not when he first came on. Um, was it Falkirk we played? It was a game at Ibrox we played. It was in the league. Was it Ibrox? He, he looked brilliant. He was pinging balls about. Oh, pinging balls about everywhere. <laughs> I he looked really good doing that, and I thought, oh, he's a hell of a player. Of this, but he's not really had the chance yet. And I know we've got, obviously got Ryan Jack in the team, and Ryan Jack's obviously. I don't even think he's thirty yet, is he? Ryan's got. He's got to be twenty-seven, twenty-eight. 20, he's twenty-nine or something, possibly. Is he? Is he? Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, he's obviously a replacement for Davis for that kind of role, but. 
obviously with this kind of reoccurring injury as well, we definitely need something else because she's going to need managed as well, the older yeah. he gets. So, yeah, but I mean, as far as congratulations to Steve Davis for making 300 appearances and hopefully he adds another um, another championship medal to his collection at the end of the season. So we'll move on to transfers. Um, so there's not a lot happening. So there's nothing really more on Scott Wright um, the move, on the move to the Rangers from what I've heard things are still going well um, by all accounts but it looks like we'll definitely have them by summer um, at the latest uh, and the club are obviously still keen to get them here this window but it's not not quite clear if that's going to happen so just going on Sunday mate so obviously Jones is not in favour Kenton Hadji sort of struggling um, on Sunday and Ruth being out injured kind of left his shot and options um, to try and get a winner I know this is obviously a hypothetical question, but if Scott Wright was there, do you think he makes that kind of difference? Do you think he's do you think he's good enough to make that kind of difference? I mean, we've talked about Scott Wright this season. He, he looks decent. I mean, I think I said he had 60 games in his career at the age of 23, which isn't very many games. I know Scotia said he had a he had an injury when he was in Dunfermline or something, but he, he play, Scott Wright can play in any of the three positions we've got which is probably what you're looking for, the way we play, somewhat at Liverpool, they rotate all the time. Yeah, you're looking at Kent at the moment. I mean, we'll come on to the game at the weekend. A lot, I've seen a lot of folk going on about Kent saying, oh, he needs a rest, he needs a rest. But, I mean, if, if you look back to the Aberdeen game, I thought he was outstanding in that Aberdeen game at points. And, yeah, he had a bad game against Motherwell. The pitch wasn't great, which probably didn't help him. A lot of folk are saying, I'd bring him out this weekend. But, I mean, who do you... Like you say, who'd you, who'd you put in? I mean, your pal Brandon Barker, do you put him in? No, no. Uh, and I knew you'd say that. So, to me, <laughs> to me, I think you persevere with Ken. It, it'll click for him. It will click for him. He's, I mean, he's in a big pitch at Ibrox this weekend. I wouldn't drop him this weekend. I'd definitely play him. But, yeah, you're looking up the top three now with Roof. Hopefully, he's back now. But without him, yeah, who, who do you bring in those areas? There's only really, probably Brandon Barker's only maybe like for like or or Jordan Jones but Jordan Jones is he's out of the picture he won't play for Rangers again uh, I don't see Jones playing for Rangers again to be honest because by all accounts he's fit right now and um, he's nowhere near it and as I say the, the bench was not sparse I mean that's about harsh as I say it's, it's quite hard to be as neg- negative about that in my opinion Scott Wright's a better player than Brandon Barker in my opinion there's a lot of players better than Brandon Barker but that's a different show altogether um, but I know Brandon Barker, we mentioned it as well in the post-match. He came on for five, six, seven minutes, whatever it was, and he just didn't do anything. And he, he, He's one of them players, when you look at him, he doesn't look like he can be bothered. And he has pr- produced some bits of quality for Rangers, but I just I don't see him as being... If you're taking Ryan Kent off and putting Brandon Barker on, I'm like, no, there's got to be another option. There has to be somebody else. Yeah. And, Scott Wright, in my opinion, is a better player than Brandon. I know I've limited experience watching Scott Wright, but he has to be better than Brandon Barker. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think they'll try and make the deal to come in, Rangers. I mean, there's still time in this window. There's still, what, 10 or days or something, 10 of January. Yeah. So I'd expect him to come in. The only other guy that can play in that top three, and the only reason he's not played there is because we've been missing players in the middle of the park, is, is Joe Aribo. He mm-hmm. can play out with that wide right. And he's not been playing there because he needs to play in the middle, the, the three in the middle, because we've got that many injuries there. So, yeah, you'd like you'd like to think maybe when Ryan Jack comes up, that possibly could free up Joe Aribo in certain games to play further forwards. But yeah, I'd, if if we could bring Scott Wright in now for little money, 
I, I would I would definitely do it just just to give us an an extra option up there. Yeah, I think it is just more down to options. As I say, I don't really think he's at the stage yet, or maybe he'll never will be at the stage to be a starting eleven for um, for Rangers. As you say, he's up against quite a lot of a big names to try and get yourself into the, the starting eleven. But it was just obviously just when I was we were doing a wee bit, I was doing about research before we started the show. I just thought back to Sunday and I thought, well, he could have, he couldn't have done any harm having somebody like him to bring on to hopefully try and chase and chase a goal and create something, make a wee bit of magic to make something happen. The, the, so, the, only, the only other one I can think of who's at the club who's been linked with a loan deal away again is Glenn Middleton. Yeah, he's in that left side, but he seems to be way way out of the picture. He seems to be out of the picture as well, mate. Yeah, there's a lot of them that seem to have kind of fallen out of the picture. And even Greg Stewart to an extent yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? You're chasing a goal when you put on Brandon Barker. And it confuses me putting on Brandon Barker because I know Kent's got pace, but Kent's got real quality with his feet. Hadji's not got any pace, but he's obviously got really good quality with his feet as well. Barker's just pace. And they were camped in it two banks yeah. of five for the last ten minutes so it was just a confusing one for me and that's what makes me think someday we'll be a bit more pizzazz mate and a wee bit more flair in them to try and unlock yeah. a defence I mean, it can't can't it can't harm us having him so but as I say there's nothing confirmed on that at all um, but it still looks like Rangers are trying to get him in this window but it's almost definite that he will be signed up for summer um, Rangers have been linked with loads of players as we always are but we were linked with two players from Preston Daniel Johnson and Ben Davis on pre-contracts but nothing's been confirmed by the club and it looks well obviously Rangers don't ever confirm anything but this one does look like agent talk because Celtic have also been linked with them as well so it doesn't really look like and there's anything in, in that apparently um, Ben Davies is a no-go I read today right okay and the boy um, Robert which is um thingy used to play at Newcastle, what was his name, the winger? His oh, son, Apparently yeah. that's a no-go as well. Yeah, so in terms of outgoings um, from the club, again, not a lot of report. Um, looks like this is going to be a really, really quiet transfer window, um, as it is for pretty much every club. It's a very, very strange transfer window, even though your big hitters aren't really doing anything due to the whole isolation period with different countries that you need to go into and various things like that. So, again, you would still be expecting a few players to go out, but there's been nothing really released yet, so... Is, is there any kind of special dates to this January window, or is it finishing on sure. the 31st? I'm not sure. I think it would be the 31st, but I'm yeah. not 100% sure on that one. I did, I did hear an interview with Gerard saying that there was a few teams interested in our bigger players, but no bids have been put in yet. But he did mention that. But the money's got to be stupid money. Like, uh, I'm, I'm talking, for what we're about to, well, for what we all hope we think we're going to do anyway this year, the money's going to need to be ridiculous it would yeah. need to be I they mean silly money um, so I mean I'm not really concerned about that to be honest because I just don't see it happening I think the club the board are well aware of what could happen here so they're not going to turn round and off like as you say 10 million for Ryan Kent no, not a chance it's just, just yeah. not going to happen it needs to be ridiculous amounts of money you never know, mate. You never, never say never. There could be a stupid bid come in somewhere, but I don't see it. Just with the way the transfer window's happening just now, I just don't see any big players leaving. They're about to make history, mate. Why would they want to leave? They've also got the, the chance of playing in the Champions League next year as well. So, no, I don't see any of our big hitters going. So, we'll leave the transfers there and we'll go on to the, the Shark Circus um, and we'll go on to a very, very public meltdown from Neil Lennon. 
I'm sure everyone has seen this now. Um, if you haven't, you literally must be living under a rock. So Neil Lennon finished his isolation period on Sunday or Monday anyway, and then he did his, his first press conference um, after that. And it beggars belief. This it's it, I struggle to put, I struggle to put into terms what happened, and I'm struggling. I've never, I very very rarely see anything, mate, that leaves me like speechless. Where I, I literally don't know how to react to it, and my jaw was at the floor. Literally, I was sitting gobsmacked when I had to even pause it, and I was like, I had to show my my missus. I was like, you've got you've got to see this. I was like, you've got to see what Neil Lennon's just did a public meltdown. Um, this is just. Truly, the gift it keeps on giving. So, where were you when this happened? What were you? What were you doing? <laughs> I think if it was Monday, I, I know I was working on Monday, and obviously, I'm checking Twitter as I do, I'm working, and it flashed up. But I mean, I, I honestly thought this week after the Motherwell game, I thought it'd be a bit of a quiet show. To be honest, we've had a bit of fun with them being out in Dubai, but off. I mean, oh man, he's. he's I mean, he's went to town and pretty much he's went to town. Andy Walker, he's went Nicola Sturgeon, Jason Leach, he's went to town. St Johnson have been thrown under the bus. Hamilton, <laughs> the only place not had to go with us, which I was surprised about. I thought we might get flung in there somewhere, but I think uh, the only thing he said about Rangers was he doesn't think that he can catch us now. I think that was pretty much the only I thing. He said it was probably done. He did yeah. mention again, which they've mentioned a lot. Celtic is the. They should have won the game at Ibrox, but at the end of the day, they didn't put the ball in the back of the net. We did, well, saying that they did for us, but it was, um, but no, in terms of his meltdown, I mean, I don't even know where you start with, to be honest. I mean, Peter Lawwell came out the week before, I think it was the Thursday, so it was after we did another show last it week. Was li- no, it was literally just after we finished doing the show, it, I think. It, it, was, it was a Wednesday, and I mean, he got Celtic TV to do it. He got bloody Jeremy McCulloch to do it. So it's all scripted for him. <laughs> he came out and apologised. But then a typical Celtic thing went, aye, but we've been... Covid's affected us more than anyone. I mean, it's typical Celtic. It's, oh, we've been hard done by. And it was a... He got a lot of flack for that, Lawwell. Although he apologised, he didn't really apologise the way he'd done it that. But... I mean, in terms of Lennon, I mean, it's a, it's a PR disaster. I mean, he should have been briefed going out there. I mean, he's been stewing in his house for 10 days with all, probably looking what we've been looking at on social media, and he's been ready to go, and he's been let out of the blocks, and he should have been taken aside and went, look, Neil, as much as you maybe want to say what you've said, don't. don't. I don't. <laughs> don't, because, I mean, Celtic this season have been, have been made to look like Fools, absolutely fools. It's a comedy club. An amateur club. And that yesterday, I mean, they even made the national news for the UK. I couldn't believe it. So even even if you go back to, we'll go back to Lowell's um, speech. So his was pathetic. It was, we are sorry, but we are poor Celtic. Um, We are the victim. The whole victim. They they love playing the victim card. It's their favourite thing to do. Um, but we are the victims, we've been the most affected, which is just the most ludicrous statement I think you could ever come out with in the middle of a pandemic when no club has got any fans at all in their stadium or anything, and he's going, oh yeah, we're worse affected. Of course you are, Peter, yeah, of course you are. But then obviously it follows fucking straight after that, the S- 
the SFA immediately come to Celtic's rescue. Neil, Con- Neil Doncaster releases a statement talking about null and void and all this, and it's all generated all this clickbait. And I put up a spiel about it on um, one of our Facebook pages. On I think it was on the, the Club at 22 Rangers um, Facebook page, where I was like, don't click on these things. This is these things that people want. It was all fucking Keith Jackson. Everybody's trying their hardest to make think that it's going to be null and void. It's not going to be null and void. Scottish football can't afford that to happen. And then follows the, we've written to 10 championship clubs to see if they want to continue to play football. It's just absolute bollocks. It's trying to create hysteria. It's trying to create something that's not there. The 10 clubs have then come back and went, no, we don't want to stop playing football. Why would we want to stop playing football? Just absolute nonsense. So I generally was like you, mate. I thought, oh, it's going to quieten down now. They've done their bit. I thought Lenny would come out, tail between the legs. Oh, I'm really sorry. We shouldn't have done that. But fuck me. It's just went total, the, the completely different direction. So in case you haven't heard it, um, here's a summary of quotes, direct quotes from what Lenny said. Another player has been deemed positive, deemed positive it is someone who is self-isolating everyone is negative bar two players, <laughs> that's probably my favourite one um, we had a little drink in the afternoon on the day off, completely allowed, no law breaking but we come back to this barrage of absolute hypocrisy as you said, you get torn into pundits, you get torn into the media, you get torn into the government, you get torn into the national team and to a certain extent he went completely against Lawwell's apology that Law would made he was only willing to apologise for the fact that someone got COVID and that 16 players had to isolate. It was nothing else. He's not apologising for anything else. He went so far to say that he doesn't think it's a public health health issue and that Celtic are getting bullied and there's an agenda against them. I mean, (laughs) 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 it's like, fucking hell, Neil, what have you been sniffing? Like, honestly, even now when I read them back, mate, and I I read back the quotes, I'm going, he actually said this, we're not even making this up, he said this in public to the media. I mean, it's just, just when you thought, mate, they'd reached peak fucking banter year, as they're calling it now, or banner year, if you like, they've went and topped it. I mean, he contradicts himself. I mean, see when he goes on about the... Oh, we've been punished in terms of the 13 players self-isolating. He probably he doesn't agree that should happen. Well, sorry, when he was on the press conference, he was told one of them's just been tested positive. So if that was the case and they were brought back into training and that guy, whoever it is, whoever, I don't know who it is, test positive, they need to self-isolate again. So yeah, the whole team would have to. Yeah, the whole team would have to at that point. Yeah, so I, I don't know what he's on about. And in terms of the... Oh, we, we travelled through the night, we came, we let the players have some downtime. They're allowed to sit, they, they're sitting at the bar. But I mean, the pictures at the bar, they're not, if you read, I think if you read the rules, they're not allowed in public areas. Although they're in their bubble, they're not self-isolated within that bubble. You see the photos, mm-hmm. they're all sitting beside each other. Neil yeah. Lennon said he had a beer round the pool for half an hour, which sounds crap, to be honest. Yes. Again, no social distance between him and Scott Brown. Um, what else did he say? Oh, apparently it's illegal to take photos of people in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew, to be honest. So I was and then, I, 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 again, mate, like, <laughs> I love laughing at it. The, the, it's not about the whole, like, 
Again, I'll reiterate this. I said it before. I'm not laughing at anybody that gets COVID. It's fucking horrible, and I don't want MD to get it. And I hope MD that does get it makes a full recovery from it before any moon howlers come on and fucking say anything. It's, I truly don't want anybody to come any harm from this. But it's the way that they've managed it. See, my, see my, pro, my problem's not the fact that they had a beer, right? I don't care if they had a beer. But don't do it in the middle of a fucking public pool. You could have rented any room that you wanted in the entire place and hid it away from anybody, any prying eyes at all. It could be completely hid, but no. You choose to sit around a pool and then you come back and have an absolute public meltdown. It might laugh, and don't get me wrong, but well, well, I'll make it a wee bit serious from now. If that was... If that was one of my friends, if you like, if that was you, I would be phoning you and going, mate, are you seriously all right? Like, do you, I think you need to go and, do you need to go chill out, man? Like, are you sure the job you're doing right now is the best thing you should be doing? Because he's obviously been sitting there for 10 days, festering on this, reading all the comments, reading all the media stuff, heard Lowell's um, apology. There's no way that he didn't hear that. He must have, they must have had a conversation before he went out for that interview. And he's just went out and went, I will fuck you. I'm just going to go full implosion here. And just, that's it. And you're just going to need to deal with it. And now he's not talking to Sky because Andy Walker well, called no, it a jolly. The one with Sky was good because it was um, Patterson interviewed him. And he was going on about, about Andy Walker, about go back to Andy Walker and say this, say that. And basically, I'm not, answer, I'm not, look, he's not going to deal with Sky until Andy Walker apologises. <laughs> Yeah, Thingy Parson asks him then two questions after all this, and he answers them. <laughs> and I mean, tonight Celtic play Livingston, and it's on Sky Sports, oh. and Andy Walker is there tonight. Now I'm watching that. Oh, so mad. I mean, Neil Lennon's annoyed that Andy Walker used the word jolly in terms of they went out for a piss-up, which, if you want to give Neil Lennon some sort of slack, they weren't out for a jolly. I mean, they yeah. were there for a training camp. They did, as um, John Kennedy say, had slips through it in terms of those things that we've seen the pictures. They weren't there for a jolly. They were there for a training camp. They shouldn't have been there, which we all agree in, but they, I mean, they weren't there for a, a piss-up, as Neil Lennon would say. But everything else Andy Walker said in terms of their, their arrogant, the way the club is, I completely agree with Andy Walker. Yeah. So I think Andy Walker tonight may say, I shouldn't have used the word jolly, yeah. but Probably. Everything else I said, I stand by. I hope he does. I hope he doesn't just curl up and just bow down to them. I really hope I he don't, doesn't. I, I, well, don't I'd hope, I would hope that he wouldn't, um, for the sake of his job and his career, I would hope that he wouldn't. Um, not that I particularly care. I don't particularly like Andy Walker at all, but um, I would love to see him at Star the Pot more, but he definitely won't do that either. But again, all this led to... Big boy, they will. <laughs> uh, big boy, they will. He'll be standing there with a grin, aye. Um, this led to Celtic fan pages turning their profile pictures and their podcast logos upside down at their discontented what's happening to the club, which started a bit of a trend on Twitter, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Did you see the one where somebody turned Chris Boyd's picture upside down, but they changed his smile background to the right way? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit annoying in Twitter now because I can't read it because everything's upside down now. Upside down, <laughs> I know, mate. Got to hold your phone upside down, put screen lock on. Um, yeah. And then it also led to Tommy Sheridan getting rolled oh, out his ranking, ch- ranking chariot to come on and do the rallying call to the Celtic fans. So it's this is comedy gold, truly. I mean, 
what of, of all people in the world, why would you want Tommy Sheridan to be standing there telling you, we are Celtic fans, we are here to make history and all this crap? I've told, then, you, my, what, I've told you my theory on him. I, I'm, I'm convinced Celtic contact him and uh, roll probably. him out. I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even be um surprised at that, mate, to be honest. He's done there in front of his bookcase with his Celtic scarf on. He's shot bots, like you know what I mean? It looks like it's just brand out of the packet as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're like, ah, alright, mate, not a fucking problem. But it's uh, truly embarrassing. What was the comment of the He said, um, no other country in Scotland has won two nine in a row or something. I was like, See, the thing is, it's pre-recorded, mate. He's not yeah. even doing that live. <laughs> yeah, that wee, wee map thing that had all the icons Celtic over the last that, 20 yeah. years or something. I was like, Aye. oh, God, man. He's a You could not mark their neck with a blowtorch, mate. Honestly, you couldn't. Um, but with the series head on, mate, right? One, at the time of recording right now, anyway, he's still got a job, right? And I'm beyond being Beyond and Lennon's still got a job. And two... They are literally setting fire to anything that has ever benefited them over the last past decade, i.e. the media, the government and the SFA. How is the second biggest club in this country? They are the second biggest club, I'll admit that. But how, and I mean this in the fullest terms, how have they allowed this to happen? How has a PR department in that club let this come to this? I mean, I'm happy that they did because it's extremely funny on my part, but they are this could have such a detrimental effect for them for like the next two or three years. The biggest shock in me right now is the fact that Neil Lennon is leading that team out tonight. I, I'm I'm shocked. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I touched on it. I mean, Celtic's PR for the last, since we've been in the banter years, if you want to call it, their PR is usually quite good in terms of spinning stories, in terms of mm-hmm. nobody really touches them. So, I mean... Us before David Graham came in, like we, we touched on the other week, there people could say what they want against us, and we would say nothing. Yeah, we, we, we've yeah. had a few disasters down the years, but nothing, nothing on the level of this. I mean, this is <laughs> especially on the, the year of their grand ten in a row that they're all going holiday for and make t-shirts and flags up and all that. But I mean, <laughs> enough to, as Tommy Sheridan say, a catastrophe. It's, it's a it's, disaster. Oh, it's. How he's not sacked? I mean, nah, flip, it, nah. flip it the other way. See this? We were in this position, and that was Stephen Gerrard that wheeled, wheeled out and said that. I would want him removed as Rangers manager because that doesn't represent Rangers. And Celtic fans, to be fair, are most Celtic fans. I mean, there is a few all right ones out there. A few. Yes, yes. Most, most of them have come out and went, what is he on about? He needs to go now. He needs to go. I mean, I have seen a few people defend him. Yes, I, mean, so I, actually, I actually listened to, because well, I've been doing that many bloody walks recently, Go Radio's um, phone in line, which is Barry Ferguson, Sensai Ferry, and it was Paul Cooney. They actually defended Neil Lennon. Barry Ferguson kind of defended him. And I was like, I couldn't believe what I was listening to, to be honest, because Super Scoreboard, and you know what they're like sometimes, they'll jump on, yeah. they'll Celtic, every single one of them. Is went through Neil Lennon. He, he just looks, he looks like a broken man. And yeah. to me, it's as if, I don't know if he's working his ticket out of Parkhead to be sacked. I really don't know. But uh-huh. I really thought they would remove him. And I know that they're on about Eddie Howe and all this, and he's the. They can't afford him. They can't afford him. Well, he's not got a job, Eddie Howe. I mean, Eddie Howe, I done well with Bournemouth. 
he's a good tactician apparently. Would he, to me, would he want to come up here? He's been in a Bournemouth team. I mean, Bournemouth, it's a bit of a sleepy place, Bournemouth. Would he yeah, want to come up yeah. to Glasgow to this shit show up here? I, mean, <laughs> I don't think so, to be honest, but I, I'm gobsmacked he's still in a job. I mean, if they drop points tonight, Celtic, I mean, I always think the laws of average are due to win the game. They've got a couple yeah. of players back tonight. I, I'd yeah. expect them to win tonight. But if they drop points tonight, I mean, oh, God. To, to me, they've, they've <laughs> got to let him go. I mean, I don't know what well, it they, is. I, I don't they, know. They, can they afford to not sack him? I don't know what it is. What does he need I to do? Know. He gets sacked. <laughs> I, I know, mate. It's, it's, beyond, it's beyond belief that he's still in a job. I fully expected, I genuinely fully expected it to be announced on Tuesday morning I mean, see, that he would see, be sacked. See, if you take that circus part away and just, just do it on performances and on the pitch, they've won 6 and 20. Yeah, it's not good enough. No. No. I'm, I know, happy. I'm happy he's in the job. Right, of course not. I mean, we're all sitting here as bewildered as Celtic fans going, how the hell is that guy still in the job? It's mental. Oh, well. I mean, if you ranted uh, like that for, you, for your company or something, you'd be fucking hauled up. And sacked. I'm going to be sacked immediately, mate. <laughs> um, God, man, they come to my house and sack me. Yeah. Um, so, I no, it's, I just don't understand how he's still, how still in a job. And as I say, tonight's a... Tonight, every game for them the rest of the season is massive, but it's huge for them tonight. Um, they have to win tonight. If they don't win tonight, the Sharks will be out, mate. The Barriers will be out. It'll be it'll be full-scale mental, especially got, with they've, his. They've got a few tricky games, Celtic, coming up. Either we yeah. look at their fixture list. They're away, obviously, to Livingston tonight. They're away to Kilmarnock coming up soon. They're playing the Sheep at home twice in a row. Well, no, I know the Sheep aren't great against them, but they can't have any slip-ups. So time will tell if the Shark Circus will continue, but we will move things back to Rangers and we'll move on to the next game, which is Rangers uh, against Ross County at Ibrooks on Saturday the 23rd of January, kick-off at 3pm. So Ross County have a new manager in John Hughes and are coming to Ibrooks off a, a very, very good win for them at the weekend where they beat Aberdeen 4-1 and they've got themselves off the bottom of the table for now. So John Hughes spoke to the media earlier this week and was full of play, praise for Rangers. He said, Rangers play football the way football should be played. They keep the ball, you don't get a touch of it. So we'll be right up against it, but it is one we are looking forward to. As a player, it cannot phase you. It has to inspire you. You get to test yourself against the best, and I hope the boys can do that. That their mindset is that we can give them a game. So it's very nice of them, actually. I thought that was I like, nice I like, of them. I like John Hughes, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I've, listened, I've listened to him a few podcasts. I've listened with the boys at Open Goal. They said apparently they got him the Ross County job <laughs> through that. <laughs> That's the dad. I've seen that as well. Yeah, he's. Um, he, he comes across well, John. I mean, I know he played for Celtic and that, but he comes across as a nice guy. He comes across a guy you'd want to play football with. He wants to play yep. football the right way. I think he's quite similar to Brian Rice at Hamilton. So, I mean, Ross County, I mean, he's come in, he's done quite well. He's got a few results. I mean, the one at the weekend against the Sheep, nobody's seen that. I mean, that done my coupon. Nobody's seen that one coming. Done my coupon, um, So, no, I mean, I fully expect Ross County to come and I don't think they'll sit. He likes his teams to play football. He says he likes players to be brave in the ball, um, John Hughes. So I'd expect them to come to the Ibrooks and have a go at us, to be honest. So I think it'll be a good open game. 
So da, I think that I think they'll come and give it a go. I, I generally do. They've got nothing to lose right now. Um, everything to gain. Um, this is the kind of what we are speaking about. Obviously, following on from the Motherwell game, the Rangers really have to start this game on Saturday. We probably have to come out the traps. Yeah. Um, I do expect some sort of change to the team. I don't think it will be the same. I think they'll they'll definitely try and do something. But yeah, it's very very important that Rangers are, are on it from the start here because. I mean, beating Aberdeen four one's massive for them, and what a boost it will give them. Um, they'll be they'll be walking yeah. tall during the week this week, so yeah. And they beat Hibs away two 0 as well. Yeah, so I mean, they'll they'll be right up for it. So yeah, Rangers really have to be on the ball, as you say. I'm I'm expecting quite an open match. I think it could be not a close match, um, but I think it could be end to end for a wee while until obviously one of us gets a goal or whatever I hope Rangers score first because I think if they score first they're going to do one thing mm. and it'll be copying Motherwell's tactics so um, yeah I'm really looking forward to the game 3 o'clock on a Saturday mate what, we go meet at the pub mate aye nah god don't say that I'll meet everybody else at the gate I'll miss it mate I've walked past all the pubs today all closed it's, it's depressing I, I think the last time I know 2nd October was the last time I had a pint in the pub Oh, it's murder, man. I know. Saturday, three o'clock kickoffs. Just, and I've got to watch it on my telly. It just doesn't make any sense. So, right, we're just talking about the team. So, the mass start eleven is quite difficult. So, I, I did struggle to pick one. What I think it might be. So, you want me to go? For, you want to go first or second? Whatever you want. You go first. I'll go first. So, McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Alanda, Barisic, Davis, Jack, Kamara. Kent, Morelos and Itton. Mine's similar. Mine's right. uh, McGregor, Tav, Goldson, I think Holander will come back in, Barisic, my midfield three, I think if Ryan, Ryan Jack's been back, he's been back over a week training I think now, so I think I'd start Ryan Jack and maybe take yep. him off. So to me, I'd have Jack, Kamara and Aribo as my three. Um, Rest Davis, bring him on maybe 65 minutes for Jack. Up front, I would have Kent Morelos, and yeah, I think Itton deserves a go. I'd give Itton a chance. Yeah, the only one, if Itton hasn't, if he didn't score at the weekend, then I, I think he has been knocking on the door a wee bit for the starting 11. I would have possibly put a rebo there. Yeah. If, if Jack and Davis are going to be playing in the midfield and then have Kamara having the kind of connection between the front, uh, the midfield and the front three. Um, I don't think he'll drop Davis. I just don't think he will. I think he'll play him. I don't know. I mean, it's one of them ones that you need to um, you need to, need to wait and see. He might pick the same team, but I think he will. I think Holland will come back in. Um, and if Jack is over ninety percent fit, then I, I reckon he plays. Uh, and I think Aribo might be the one to miss out. And uh, and yeah, for for Hadji. Um saying that, mate, will probably be completely wrong. I probably won't be. Well, like we said, we don't know about even Ruth. Apparently, Ruth's maybe back, so we don't. Yeah, touch and go with Ruth, I think. From what I've read, yeah. anyway, from what I've seen, it's kind of, he might not make it for the weekend. Obviously, we'll find out more after the press conference on Friday, but yeah, it's a bit, mm, a bit touch and go with Ruth. So, I mean, if Ruth's back and he's fully fit, I fully expect him to start. I don't think I, I don't think he'll start at an over Ruth. I don't think he would. No. I don't think he can. I don't think he can. I think he would have to play Ruth. Yeah, well, Ruth was playing that so well up to when he gets yeah. that injury against Celtic so I think Etten deserves a chance he, co- he comes on and does well Etten. He's, I mean he's a completely different player to them I don't quite know what Etten is yet is he an out and out striker or is he because he plays out in the right sometimes I think he's learning I think he's learning I do prefer him in the middle 
but I don't know. I just feel like he needs a he needs a chance because he's come on scored a goal again. I just think he deserves a chance. Hadji to me, I don't think the pitch helped Hadji the weekend. To be fair, he wasn't he great. Yeah, he might be better playing against a team, possibly playing football against us. I don't know, but. You never know, to be honest with Rangers. It's quite hard to pick the Rangers. I mean, we've struggled for weeks and weeks to pick the Rangers team. It's only the last few weeks it's kind of picked itself because of injuries. But uh, it's quite hard. I think he'll still, no matter what, I think there'll still be some form of change. I don't think he'll pick exactly the same team. No, I think it needs he'll, a wee he'll do something. Yeah, he'll do, he'll do something slightly different, I would imagine. So, score predictions, uh, you can go first and so I did team first. Well, if Rangers come out the blocks, which I hope they do, I think it'll be 3-0 Rangers. I've put 2-0 Rangers because I think it could be quite an open match and it might be a bit tentative to start with from kind of both teams. So um, I'll go with two. Um, so yeah, it's on Rangers TV if you're a season ticket holder, obviously. Um, 3 o'clock on Saturday and it'll be available outside if you live outside the UK as well on Rangers TV um, so if you tend to go on holiday at 5 to 3 on a Saturday you can, still, you can still buy it apparently if you're, if oh, you're can living, you? yeah you can buy it if you live in it doesn't matter where you live in the UK you can still buy it I think it's a 10 oh, there you go yeah. a 10 there you go um, so yeah um, so my usual call to arms um, if you enjoy listening to us then please Go on to our Facebook page, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, we would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, if you can rate us or subscribe or follow us or even leave a comment um, on where you listen to us, then uh, please do so. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, and share it with your friends, your Blue Nose pals, share anywhere that you can um, to support us and help us grow. Um, the support has been amazing so far and we cannot thank you enough. So that is us for today. Um, time for me to thank my guest, Ali. Thank you for joining me, mate. No problem. I'll just get myself ready for hopefully another comedy show tonight. Uh, I think it's quarter <laughs> past eight, it is actually. So I hopefully let me do us a favour. And then obviously, aye, Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Looking forward to it. Can't wait, mate. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. And we will be back with you on Saturday for our match reaction pod after the game against Ross County. We are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Cheers.